0: Hello, welcome back to another podcast episode. We are on episode 25. I'm so excited that you're here today. But today's going to be a little bit different because I have an amazing guest on here today. Her name is Stephanie and she is a dietitian and mindset transformation coach. I'm so excited for you all to listen to this episode today because we're going to go in depth on nutrition and weight loss and give you the ultimate meal plan on how you can approach your meals to lose your first 20 to 30 pounds. Welcome, Stephanie.
1: Hi, thank you, Sam. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm super duper excited.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here today. But how about you tell the listeners a little bit about your background?
1: Okay, sure. So I am a registered dietitian. I've been a dietitian since about 2007. I have always been an athlete. And so that's kind of how like I got into fitness, wellness. I'm very competitive. I I've played college basketball many years ago. In college, I felt like all of the athletes were like kinesiology majors. And I was like, uh, I, don't, I didn't wanna be so cliche. I was like, all of the athletes are kinesi majors. Like, I didn't wanna do that. And so I actually went to a career counselor and we kind of like thought about different options. And she said, okay, what about nutrition? I literally didn't really know what a dietitian did but I knew that like, I loved science and I loved anything that had to do with nutrition, fitness, wellness. And so I was like, okay, so I made that my major. And I really love the field of nutrition because there are so many different kinds of workspaces you can be in from food service nutrition to clinical nutrition. And that's kind of what I thought I was going to do. My career started off in clinical nutrition. So I was working in acute care hospitals, calculating two feedings and looking at like labs and like it was very sciencey. And I I really liked that, but it really wasn't like feeding my soul. I still felt like it was very mundane, like you did the exact same thing every single day. I kind of wanted something that I was going to be able to be really excited about. And I just happened to see a couple of girls on Instagram, on Facebook, I think there were coaches. And so I was like, how are are y'all doing this? How are y'all making money like doing this? Why are y'all like always on like posting your fitness stuff? I kind of just started from there. Just like I started a Facebook group and started like posting different challenges. And I mean, it's taken me a while to get to where I'm at right now because I was working a nine to five and just trying to figure out my footing. But now I am coaching one-on-one. I coach and I help women with weight loss, but also with the mindset that comes with becoming a whole new person, right? And like creating the result that you really want. I feel like now I am in my calling, like I am in my zone of genius. Like I am like, this is my dream job. I don't want to do anything else. And so I'm so glad that I kind of stumbled upon this, but I know that all the stars were aligned from me playing basketball to getting a degree nutrition, like everything happens for a reason. And so I'm really happy that I'm at where I am right now.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. And I feel the same way of this calling to like help people, because I was always into fitness. But it was never something that I was like, Oh, I can coach people on this. And after changing so many clients lives, and you probably figure this out too, with your clients you are like, this is amazing. Like they probably went through what you struggle with, too. And I know that Stephanie forgot to mention this too, but she is also a mom of two. So she has a busy schedule, just like all of us. And I know there are a couple mom listeners. If you guys are moms, you probably feel like things are really hectic for you and all of that. And so I just wanted to just bring that up because Steph has been able to prioritize her health and be able to do that from being a mom stuff like in terms of just being a mom in general like how have you been able to balance out creating meal plans for yourself like making sure that your nutrition is on track and staying active at the same time with just a busy life
1: mm-hmm. yeah so I think that part my story is me being healthy and me being active is good for my mental health And it helps me be a better mom when I am (laughs) active and I can get some of my energy out. It's necessary. Like it's a mandatory thing for me to be active and have my me time. That's like my alone time. I have a 13-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. And my 13-year-old will try to come to the gym with me and like work out. And it would be great if she was more like, I don't know, on top of it, but she wants to play around. So I'm like, okay, you have to go over here and a mommy, this is mommy's time, right? This is my me time. I take it very seriously because it just helps with my mental health. And so I show up as a better parent when I'm taking care of myself. And I also show my kids how to set boundaries and that mommy needs me time. And so my daughter, when I was homeschooling her, I homeschooled her for about three years she would have her own me time, like in the morning, like this is your time. And, you know, she would journal and and meditate and things like that. And so you're really teaching them to set boundaries, which is very important. And you're teaching them about just healthy living. And so they'll always know and remember, like, you know, their parents worked out and, you know, we try different vegetables and like try new recipes. And my son, is one that loves, he loves to be the helper and he wants to be what he calls himself, Chef Jeff. And he likes to like help me in the kitchen. He's a very picky eater. And so I kind of use that, okay, you wanna help mommy? You know, in our juicer, we just got a juicer. And so he'll help me do that. And he'll like, you know, drink the juice which it has a little bit of fruit in it, but like I'll put like celery and like other stuff that he would never touch he has no idea that he's drinking that I just think for me it's been all about like who I am as a person and then creating that boundary and just more so like about my mental health
0: yeah I really like that you brought up the whole boundary situation and like setting by example because I know that after coaching like a lot of moms one thing that often come up is like they feel like if they do set boundaries or they focus on themselves, they almost feel guilty in a sense because they feel like they should be using that energy to take care of their kids instead of, you know, working on themselves. But like you mentioned, you can only go so far when, you, when you're when you constantly like are always on the go, go, go with your kids. Like you have to have that time for yourself so you can also show up as the best version of you. And so I really like that you brought that up because It just brings up this whole message of you don't have to not give up your kids to work on yourself. You can work on yourself and have time with them as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's just like we've been conditioned as mothers to give, give, give and be the sacrificial lamb of the family and to always put yourself last. But I think it's just like a mindset shift of I show up in a better capacity And I can have a better quality time with my kids when I am filling my cup. Those boundaries not only extend to like, you know, your workout time, but also your self-care time. your just alone time, you know, just having some alone time because as moms, we're constantly touched, you know, and like someone's always pulling on us or pulling on our attention or needing something. They need a snack or need a diaper change. And it's a lot of energy, even like to just have your kids. I know a lot of moms are like working from home or are at home and then they have their kids, they might be, you know, doing virtual school or whatever, but just to even have them in another room, our ear is always like listening for our children and you hear anything like I can be without my kids in Walmart walking around. I hear a baby cry, and I'm like, oh. like, no, that's not my kid. Calm down. That is a pull on our attention all the time. So not only like is it physically demanding and you don't get a lot of sleep, both of my kids woke me up every single night for over a year. Okay. I never got an eight hour sleep for over a year, but also just like energetically, it can be kind of draining. So if you're not intentionally and purposely setting aside time for you and you alone then just start carving out that time little bit by little bit so that you can show up better and then show them how they need to take care of themselves
0: as well. Yeah, I love that so much. And going off of what you said about them waking you up every day for a whole for years and you don't get eight hours of sleep. I think that is where a lot of misconception comes in when it comes to losing weight, because a lot of people have this expectation of how a perfect routine should look like. And if they can't have like eight hours of sleep, then seven hours doesn't matter. Or if they can't get eight hours of sleep, then does it even matter if they should sleep for six hours. Right. And it becomes this whole like expectation of feeling like you need to have this one exact routine, maybe eat the same meals every week or sleep at this certain time or work out the certain way in order to keep the weight off. And I think those expectations tends to like sabotage a lot of people from like losing weight in their own unique way. One thing that I think that it's so amazing that you do is like be able to create your lifestyle around your current life with your kids and, you know, your significant other. Can you talk a little bit about how you've been able to navigate through that in terms of from a nutrition standpoint, and how you've managed to, you know, just maintain your weight while having this family?
1: Yeah, I think it's very important to keep it very, very simple. There's always this balance between like keeping it really simple, but then like, not getting so boring that you don't want to eat the meals that you prepped because that's an issue too. So it's like, there's a balance. So you have to keep it simple. So one of the things that I like to kind of start clients off with is like, what do you already know how to make? Like what's in your wheelhouse right now? You know, what, what can be some like go-to things for breakfast, go-to things for lunch and dinner and snacks. Like, what do you already know? Start there right? And then if you want to add in a new recipe or try something new, one new recipe per week, right? If you want to throw in something new, then do that versus having a whole new meal plan of all different foods, all the recipes you've never actually made before. That alone, plus trying to work out and, you know, see if your kids actually like this food, like it's a lot. So just starting out with what you already know, adding maybe one new recipe that's a healthy recipe that you can make that is a like something more healthy and just starting there it doesn't have to be like super duper overwhelming another thing for me I just personally I don't go down the chip and cookie aisle the candy aisle like and I don't have a sweet tooth really either so that's a caveat to that like we don't buy like sodas and stuff like that. Like my kids, like we really don't ever buy soda. And that's just a personal preference. And it's not that you can never have soda. I just make it simple to where it's like not available. Like if there's not soda and cookies and you know, chips out on the counter, then that's not what we're gonna have. We're gonna have, there's fruit on the counter, right? Or, you know, just healthy snacks available. So I think setting up your environment for success. And making your home a safe place for you to be and a safe place to support your goals is really important. And it's just it's a very simple thing to do but it's extremely impactful. It's part of what sometimes gets left out is like setting up your environment for success. For me and my family, I drink a lot of water and all both my kids love water. We typically have like something very simple like in the morning because of course they have to go to school and things like that. And then I'll have, I pack their lunch every day, pretty much, and have my lunch here because I work from home. And then dinner time is something that I will cook. If I prep, I prep, right? If I don't prep for the weekend, I don't always prep. I don't make that a problem, right? It doesn't have to be a problem that I didn't prep. Maybe I was too busy or maybe I didn't feel like it on Sunday, right? that doesn't have to be a problem. I can still make good choices. It's just the mindset that you think it's a problem that you didn't meal prep, right? It's that expectation that you were talking about of like, you think it's supposed to be like this. And so you didn't meet that expectation. And so then you feel like you have to start over on Monday, And that's the self sabotage. It's not that you didn't prep. It's that you thought that you not prepping was a problem.
0: Yeah. I love that so much too. And even when you said like, simple doesn't mean boring. I really like how you said you have to set yourself up for success with your environment by changing one thing at a time. And like to add on to that too, like something that I have my clients do is like I have them kitchen on it right because most of the time whatever you already have in the kitchen means that you know how to cook it which is why you have it in the kitchen and allowing yourself to use up all of those things first before you try to overwhelm yourself with so many recipes in one go and you might get that spark of motivation at the beginning of your journey to be like to want to try everything but sometimes you have to be very careful of where your intentions come from because that might come from a place of you already thinking that what you used to have is quote unquote bad. So now you have to try to eat the cleaner version of it by buying all these new things when really changing one thing at a time and having those to go to recipes to help you during these moments when you're not able to meal plan for the whole entire week. I think it's so interesting that you even brought up the whole don't make it a problem because my clients, they specifically, they don't ever plan for the whole week. They just plan for the next day. And they love that so much because it just feels doable. It doesn't feel like, okay, I have to think about Thursday's recipes for breakfast, lunch and dinner. They could just think, okay, I have this in my fridge today. I can cook this tomorrow. And let's see how we can do it today to make it easier for tomorrow. And I think just that in general, like being okay with your rhythm and your pace and trying things out so that you can keep up with the other things do like your workouts and your sleep and your stress levels and all of that, everything will come into play. And I think it's something that's not often talked about keeping things simple in order to lose like 20 pounds. I think that's the simplest thing like to lose 20 pounds is all about consistency at the beginning of your journey what do you think
1: yeah and what i always tell people is consistency number one is about just making decisions because sometimes we actually just avoid like the planning part and so it's just about like deciding right what, what you're going to do consistency is about ditching the perfectionism and consistency is just about like showing up for yourself and it's not about 100 percent accuracy um, I just ran a challenge. It was a 30 day challenge. And I literally started out with just telling people, hey, drink more water, eat more mindfully. And I had like different videos, and each day I kind of like talked about why those things were important. But by the end of four weeks, we had layered on, you know, talking about water and eating mindfully and how to get in your protein and eating your veggies and you know, getting in different fruits and stuff. And so it's like, you don't have to start day one or week one with everything and revolutionizing your whole diet. You could just start out very simple and like add in one simple thing per week. And then by the end of four weeks, we, we've covered a lot of stuff and you being consistent at small things daily is more important than you being inconsistent with like 10 things, right? It's just about the small daily things.
0: No, I I think that's so true too, because it's like, you don't have to go from zero to a hundred. You can just like start layering your habits across from each other and get better at it each time. Because I think- that goes back to like the all or nothing mindset, which I know you and I talk a lot about how it's like, there it doesn't have to be an all or nothing mindset. You can meet yourself in the middle, but the middle is not often talked about in the, in the dieting industry. So when you're in the middle, it almost feels like you're, you're thinking like, am I making progress? Am I not making progress? Where am I? Am I getting to where I want to be? But it's like learning how to trust that those small decisions that you make, make such a big difference when you start building the momentum because you need the first step to take more steps. And if you're a first step, you have five different directions. You're like, okay, well, I don't know which direction to go. I might as well just spread myself thin and you'll find yourself very exhausted. Steph, I don't know about you, but when I used to do this whole dieting stuff, like it was so frustrating because I felt like I was being pulled from one end to the other. And it was just one of those things where I felt like defeated every single time because it was like, you're setting yourself up to lose, Because it's something that you can't maintain.
1: Yeah, I think people get really excited. They're super excited to start. And so they're really gung-ho and like, okay, let me change all these 10 things. I can do these 10 things, right? But then when life happens or you know, just as weeks go on, it's just too much to kind of continue. I kind of start off, I'll tell my clients, okay, on a scale from one to five, after they kind of take photos of what they've been eating and say, look at your photos and look and see like on a scale from- one to five. Where are you in terms of making a certain change, right? And so maybe they say, okay, well, I look at my photos and I, um, I didn't see any water, so I'm not drinking enough water. And so, on a scale from one to five, five being hard and one being really easy, for you to drink more water, would that take a whole lot of effort? Would that be a five or would that just be a one? And so if they're like, okay, that would be like a two. I can, you know, get in more water with just a little bit of effort. And so we kind of start at the low hanging fruit, where you're just like, okay, what is what takes just a little bit of effort, just a little bit of a mindset shift for me to change. And let me start there. And then we can just build on that. But I think the the thought process behind people feeling like that's not enough is because they feel like more is always better. And like changing everything is gonna help them to get to their results faster. And it's usually just the opposite. If you just start out with the small things, you actually can get to your results faster because you'll be able to continue. And that is the biggest thing. You'll get that consistency.
0: Yeah, I literally I just talked about that in the little freebie that I have how to lose your first five pound. If you if you want a link to this, I'll put it in the podcast episode show notes. But I talked about how very simple steps like that and how whenever you make things simple, your brain is going to tell you that's not enough. But I always combat that with how do you know that it's not enough if you've never tried it consistently? Like there's no way you would know whether it's enough or not enough until you've tried it long enough. To figure that out for yourself and going back to like what Steph was saying, like focusing on one thing at a time, like I've had some clients where they would either choose, OK, you want to focus on nutrition first or you want to focus on working out first. Right. Which one is the most important? Because sometimes doing both things might feel very overwhelming depending on what their schedule looks like. So they might be like, OK, well, I want to focus on nutrition. And if they want to focus on nutrition, then they start the whole food journaling situation. And then we get into the habits of whether they're overeating or, or undereating, Right. But if they're like, well, I want to focus on my workouts, then it starts with, OK, maybe you need to just take some walks first before you start going to the gym with this whole like extravagant workout routine. Right. But like slowly adding either movement or slowly being aware of what you're eating is like the first step. But if you almost feel really overwhelmed, like just pick what you want to do just decide like do you want to focus on nutrition first or do you want to focus on working out and then figure out what that first step is for one or the other
1: exactly and then just have your own back and just show like continue to show up and believe that that is enough because you making that choice each day like I said is more important than you being inconsistent with too many things being overwhelmed
0: yeah for sure and I feel like a lot of people are really resistance to planning because they think that if you plan then like you're it's boring and it's like almost like you're stuck and you can't be like spontaneous with your decisions and so they choose not to plan because they feel like planning is like another way of dieting in a way because you're still thinking about what you're going to eat and so I want to hear your thoughts about that do you have you had clients where they were like resistant to planning because of They feel like restricted in terms of the food they want to eat. And like, how did you go about that? Because I have my own thoughts about planning and how it doesn't have to be that kind of crazy thing. But I'm just wondering what you think. It
1: depends on the person. So I've had a client, I'm thinking about a client in particular who was just like, I want to be spontaneous on Thursday. I'm not sure, you know, if I'm going to want Mexican or if I'm going to want all these things. And I think for that particular individual, I told her like to find her, I want her to love her food. Don't get me wrong. I want her to really enjoy her food, but she was really trying to find the spice of life and adventure and spontaneity in her food. And I'm like, okay, how can you find that joy, that spontaneity, that adventure outside of your plate in real life and still enjoy your food? But I think that when you have a goal You have to walk that fine line of planning and being really intentional and, you know, enjoying yourself to the point where it's kind of a mindless thing where you're just going off of what your taste buds always want. And so I think it's somewhere in the middle. It depends on like, she had a very um, eccentric personality too. I always kind of approach it like this. They'll have a lot of, some of my clients don't mind eating the same thing every day for 7 days a week. Now, I even personally, I cannot do that. <laughs> I need I need a little bit of variety. The majority of my clients, I would say, are okay with doing like half and half. So they might have one thing for half of the week and then another set of meal items for another the other second half of the week. I would still say keep it simple. It at no more than maybe three. And so I have two ways of thinking about this. One, I would say, okay, if you need a lot of variety, you could plan three different meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks for the week, right? That leaves you a little bit of variety. You might eat something on Monday and then have that leftover for Tuesday. And then you have something different for Wednesday, but you could also just kind of like switch up the proteins as well. And maybe like have a couple of the same sides but then maybe you make several different proteins, which are very easy to just like put on a one pan sheet of like, you know, if you're doing like pork tenderloin and salmon and chicken and put that in the in a sheet pan and put it in the oven, you can have different proteins and kind of have like similar sides. And so it really just depends on the person. And it depends on if you have a big family because doing that and all the variety And if you, especially if you have small kids and they don't necessarily eat things like salmon, that's when it starts to get really, you know, overwhelming, especially we were talking about, you know, having kids and how you plan that all in it's a lot to do a whole lot of different, uh, items and you have to feed your kids and your husband. That's a lot. I really like what you said earlier about having like planning the day before, I think that that is like a good concept for somebody who's really resistant to like planning the whole thing out and kind of like maybe expanding it, you know, as they're willing a little bit to maybe a couple of days, right? I definitely think that most of my clients benefit from planning it out because like just of getting the groceries that they need and not having to go back and like get groceries multiple times throughout the week. So my clients keep it simple. They're just like, Hey, I'm good with like two different options for the week. And you know, that seventh day, they kind of, it's like a flex day. I have them planning a treat meal and they can have some leftovers. But for me, I think I prefer them to plan, but if you're working one-on-one with clients, of course you have to be flexible and kind of meet them where they are and kind of start expanding from there.
0: Yeah. I really like that a lot. And I want to go back to like what you were saying earlier, how You got to have that fine line when you have this weight loss goal that you want to reach. And I think it's that's so true, because I think a lot of times, if you're resistance to planning, you're listening to this episode, like, I just want you to ask yourself, like, why? And like, what is that expectation of how does planning look like in your mind? Because it doesn't have to be that way. When when Steph and I mentioned planning, it's just mainly being intentional. I think a lot of times, You feel more like you're on track when you are intentional with your decisions around food and when you're intentional on knowing when to stop when you've had enough food. And just having the idea that you know what you're going to eat and how much you're going to eat ahead of times gives you a lot of ease in terms of like debating with yourself back and forth in your mind. I've worked with clients where they never plan in their life and they almost feel they spend so much energy being like, "Okay, should I go to McDonald's or should I go home and cook? Should I go to McDonald's? And it just goes back and forth so much that they waste so much energy in their mind that they just automatically go towards the convenient route because they didn't set that intention before they were on the road or, you know, before they went to work. I want you to see like planning in a way of it's helping you succeed in terms of just you being intentional. But it doesn't mean that the planning that you have, like it doesn't mean you you have to be stuck to the foods that you have set for yourself if things come up. Because sometimes you can't control the events that are happening around you. But what you can't control is what you eat and how much you eat. That's what mm-hmm. you can control, right? Especially with the holidays we have coming up. I think a lot of times, people just don't want to plan because they feel like they can't be spontaneous. But like, where can you find spontaneous in other areas of your life? But also where can you help yourself save brain energy by just being intentional? Even if that means that you're just intentional for tomorrow, that's like 50% like there versus still very confused about like what to do.
1: Yeah. And a few things that I thought of when you were talking was, number one, the food that you are cooking develop some culinary skills. So where it's good, right? It's not only just good, like the first time, but it's good as a leftover, like the foods that you make, you want it to be really tasty so that you don't mind eating it again. And also it doesn't necessarily have to be planning that looks like, okay, I know for sure I'm going to have, you know, salmon and green beans and some sweet potatoes or whatever. It can be looking at your plate as food groups. So I mentioned earlier, like not making, not meal planning a problem. So you can still, what I teach my clients is a fit figure formula where based on their actual calorie needs, like they'll have so many proteins. Okay, so someone may need four proteins for the day. They might need three different vegetables, and three different fruits or just something like that for an example, right? And so they can just plug and play those food groups in. And so that's a really cool way to kind of think about it. So when you sit down and you look at your plate, you say, okay, here's my protein item, right? And then maybe I need a, I need a veggie and I need a carbohydrate, but maybe this person needs because depending on your goals and depending on your current weight, you, need, you may need maybe six to seven servings of vegetables, right? And so you may have to double up in your plate. It makes it easier if you're just looking at your plate in terms of food groups. You can say, okay, well, I need, I know for lunch, I need a protein and a carb and maybe two non-starchy vegetables. And you can just plug in two non-starchy vegetables on your plate plug in a protein and plug in your carbohydrate. And so it's kind of like meal planning, but it still lends itself to some variety, if that makes sense.
0: No, no, that that totally makes sense. I like that idea a lot. I think a lot of people just get confused on like, how do I know if this protein is good for me? How do I know if this carb is the right carb, you know, or like the fats Mm -hmm. and stuff like that? Do you have some tips around because I have a a tip on how I read nutrition labels. But do you have like a specific tip to help people kind of see like, oh, this is a more healthier option that will probably keep you full longer if your goal is to lose a lot of weight, but not consume so much calories? Do you have like a, a way of how you go about just helping people understand that when they go to the grocery store they're like okay this is what I can pick out that I know will will taste good but also like be good for my body
1: yes so a few things so whenever someone starts in my program we deal with breakfast first and then we go to lunch and then we go to dinner so through those weeks I'm also giving them nutrition tips and so they kind of know like okay for breakfast we kind of focus on protein fiber and water. I give them a whole list of different proteins. I give them a list of carbohydrates, of veggies, of healthy fats, different nuts and nut butters and things like that. And so they plug in what they would like. With the fiber, I always tell them, or any carbohydrate, if it has a label, three grams of fiber or more on the label. Of course, lots of fruits and vegetables don't have like a label. So I don't make them like count that because it Obviously, if you're eating a fresh fruit, it has fiber, but if it has a label and it's a carb, which again, I give them a list, they say, okay, let's just say they're getting bread, turn it over, look at the nutrition facts. If it has three grams of fiber or more, that's a good source of fiber. And so you want to pick that over something that maybe has a little bit less. And so kind of just start there. We focus on single ingredient foods anyway, which are going to be the healthiest options. And then if you're buying something with a label, pick those, the carbohydrates that have the three grams of fiber or more and we kind of just start there.
0: Yeah, I like the idea too. And I think like for for me, for trying to figure out like what is, consider good for you or like what is like a healthier option like when you look at the nutrition label one thing that to consider is like if it has more than 10 ingredients then you know that it's like really processed and you probably want to pick an option that don't have so many ingredients that you don't even know what they are so one of my favorite snacks or you know to go to breakfast bar is like I love eating kind bars and if you look at their nutrition facts like they're actually pretty good in terms of the the ingredients that they put in there you can read the ingredients so if you can't read the ingredients it means that you probably shouldn't eat so much of it and it doesn't have a lot of added sugar which is like high fructose corn syrup or it doesn't have all of these different types of preservatives and anything like that so technically if you're reading a nutrition label at the store and you're Seeing something that you can't pronounce, or you're seeing an ingredient that is more than 10 overall, that's just a flag for you to see that, like, okay, this might not be the smartest option to go for. It might not keep you as full as you want to. And you'll probably end up being hungry really quickly, probably like two or three hours later. And if your goal is to not eat so much throughout the day, like that's probably something to consider, which goes back to what Steph was saying, where you want to find ingredients that are only like one thing, like a single ingredient, which is pretty much like fruits, vegetables things that like you can literally grow outside of your garden <laughs> if you have a garden outside. But I think like that's one way I approach it is just helping clients understand like the ingredients on what they eat and also like the serving size because I think serving size is so important because people can be like, oh, this whole pack of food is like 300, I mean, 180 calories when really like you have to multiply that but six bars that are in the box itself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and so I
1: teach my clients... How to read a nutrition label. But like you said, ideally, most of your food is not going to have a nutrition label. Most of your food is just going to be like an avocado or, you know, even with chicken, I think it might have a label on it. But, you know, if you're just eating single ingredient foods that don't have like a whole bunch of other stuff like mixed in, you're not having to read the labels as much. Uh, but I do think that it is an important skill to have. And so, just like really quickly, I teach my clients how to read nutrition label. I always start with the serving size. Like my eye goes straight to the serving size and then to the calories. And then I go down to protein. That's just kind of how my eye scans the nutrition label. And then I kind of look at, okay, how much added sugar does this have? Right. And so in terms of grocery shopping, You don't always have to pick like the best of the best, like the most nutritious thing, right? Just start out with like what you already eat. So maybe you get this certain type of of yogurt, right? So look at that yogurt at the grocery store. Now go and just kind of browse, you know, at some Greek yogurt, or, you know, you might give your clients a list of other options that they could have. And then they compare side by side. Okay. What's the serving size of the one that I usually get versus this? new one, right? And say, okay, how much protein do these have? How much added sugar? And you just compare the nutrition profile and then pick the better one, but make sure that you like that. So if it's something new, definitely try something new, but like say, if you don't like that, don't ever buy that again. Like don't eat and and purchase things that you don't like. So always make sure that one, you like the items and then just compare the nutrition labels and just pick the one that has a little bit better nutrition profile and don't worry so much about like is this the best of the best one that i could possibly get because you that can still totally reach your goals yeah.
0: yeah that totally makes sense i think that reminds me of back then when i used to eat yo play all the time and then i was like oh my god there's so much sugar in here i don't like mm-hmm. it and then i found chobani and i actually really love chobani greek yogurt i can't eat plain yogurt but i can eat like the strawberry flavor one and it's so much it's still so much better than yo play like in terms of nutritional value but that's an example that i can give you you all on like switching taking small steps to switch what you're currently eating for a healthier option i think like another example too it was like i had a client that loves eating white rice but then she started comparing that nutrition value with parboiled rice and then she moved towards that and she liked it better and then she started moving towards brown rice and then eventually it became like. All of her carbs became like whole wheat and whole grain, but it didn't start off like that. Like she had to slowly take the step to try it out first and like get used to it. Because I think a lot of people just don't want to do that because they have this, this misconception of like, oh, healthy food tastes nasty, you know, like mm-hmm. it doesn't taste good. But it's like, no, they actually taste really good if you find the ones that are like that fits with your taste buds.
1: Right. And you mentioned earlier about yogurt. So for whatever reason right now, I am so in love with this Danone yogurt. It's like light and fit. It's vanilla flavor. And it has like 14 grams of protein in it. Very little added sugar. It is so good. Like I eat it every morning and I don't know why I'm like obsessed with that yogurt. But if you have not tried that, you might want to try that. Uh, it doesn't have any fruit or anything in it which I used to like that yoke plate too I grew up on that yoke plate and I don't buy that anymore because I Dannon is just so good and it doesn't even have any like a whole bunch of extra stuff in it it just tastes really really good so
0: I just thought I'd throw that in there oh my gosh I need to try that out like I haven't tried that out yet I like vanilla flavor but they have to be the type the right type of vanilla sometimes the vanilla like tastes vanilla. too artificial like sometimes they yeah. taste too artificial <laughs> I feel you because I
1: don't even like our, like vanilla at all. But as someone mentioned, it, I was like, oh, okay, let me try it. And I actually really liked it. So yeah.
0: Oh my God, I might
1: actually end <laughs> up liking it too. Oh.
0: <laughs> I like it. I think like one thing that we can also talk about too is what are your thoughts in terms of when people have to lose weight, right, when they want to lose weight, they have to be in a calorie deficit. This is just a fancy word. If you don't know what a calorie deficit is, it's like you have to make sure that you're burning more calories than what you're putting into your body. What are your thoughts on, what if someone wants to meal prep and they want to build this meal plan for themselves, but like they don't want to track calories or how do they know that they're in a calorie deficit so that they're losing weight? Like I have my thoughts around that, but like what are your like, signs or like how do you spot that when you're working with clients or just for you too yeah if you're not actually tracking right meaning like you're not actually
1: tracking either your macros or calories or anything regarding your meal planning you're kind of guessing and the way that you can tell is by the results that you get because if you're eating in a calorie deficit so that is approach might take you a little bit longer, right? And because your body will respond if you're in a calorie deficit. Now, the issue is that sometimes we're in a calorie deficit, right? But we may not be in a calorie deficit so much so that we actually see the one pound or see the two pounds on the scale every week. Maybe you've lost 0.5 pounds of fat, right? Because maybe you weren't in quite a uh, 3,500 calorie deficit. So the 3,500 calorie deficit is to lose one pound. Maybe you didn't quite meet that 3,500, but maybe you say you got half of that and you lost a half a pound, but a lot of times people don't even count that, right? They don't even look at that. Then there's so much fluctuation in our water weight and things like that, that you may not necessarily see it. And then you think that this isn't working and then you quit. right? And so I think that finding a way, I believe, to track in some way to make sure that like, number one, you've kind of calculated. There's many, many calculators online where you can plug in your activity level, your age, so you can get a ballpark estimate, right? So even when you get a ballpark estimate on something like MyFitnessPal or another online calculator, it's still only an estimate, right? And so whenever you go and execute your meal planning or your when you eat throughout the week, Your body is ultimately going to be the judge of whether or not that was an actual calorie deficit or not, because we can say on paper that it was a calorie deficit, but our body is going to let us know. I think people have to kind of wrap their mind around, like even with the nutrition facts, they can be off by as much as 20%.
0: Yeah. And like tracking too.
1: Yes. Number one, don't white knuckle the results. Like, this is who you are, okay? Like, you are stepping into this. This is how you show up in the world. Don't treat it like, okay, I ate a salad and I'm going to step on the scale and it owes me one less pound, right? And so that makes the journey so unenjoyable. You know, you're going to set yourself up for disappointment because weight loss just doesn't work that way. I also think that like, when people say like healthy weight loss is one or two pounds per week of weight loss, it doesn't mean that you're actually losing one to two pounds of fat per week. It means on average, if you have a 12 week program and you take the weight that you lost and divide it over that 12 weeks, that the average is one to two pounds. It doesn't necessarily mean that every week you're going to lose a pound. And so I think that what you mentioned earlier about just the expectations are super duper important.
0: I really like that. And I want to add on to that too, in terms of If you're against like tracking or you just don't want to get into the whole calorie counting situation, like at least know where your numbers are, at least know like with your height and weight, like how much is your body like supposedly supposed to need, right, to function. And for example, let's just say. If it's like sixteen hundred calories or eighteen hundred calories, then you know, okay, let's let's just let's just get an idea of like how things are actually looking for today. And it goes back to what Steph and I were saying, like looking at the nutrition label and being aware of the serving sizes. So at least you have an idea of like, okay, this meal was th- around three hundred dinner was around 500 lunch was around 600 right and you add all of those up and you kind of get an idea like okay if i'm eating this kind of same thing over and over like weekly average i'm about to be around this much so you kind of have an idea whether or not you're in a deficit or not but something to go off of that too is like make sure that you have a way to measure your fat percentage because like what steph is saying just because you lose weight doesn't necessarily mean that it's like fat that's coming off it might be water retention it might be because you're stressed too and now you're not stressed anymore and it's coming off as well buy like those fat calipers that you can find on amazon like i have one and it costs like about eight dollars you can buy it and there's they teach you how to pinch certain areas of your body and you can kind of get an idea of like what your fat percentage is and then you just have to learn how to like just trust yourself that you know that if you are eating below at least like if you're not going over 1800 calories a day if this is your number right going back to that example then you stick to that for about four weeks and see where you stand and measure your fat percentage again to see if there's any changes And have as many ways to measure your progress as much as possible, other than just the scales that you give yourself room to really see that, oh, okay, I'm making an overall holistic change in my life. And it's not just the scale gets to dictate whether or not I lost weight today or not, or I don't, because I've had clients like this stuff. I don't know about you, but I have clients where they literally stay the same weight, but their whole body has changed.
1: I have to. Some people will change more on the scale, and then they can't really tell it on their photos. But then some people can tell really on their photos. But then the scale doesn't change that much. So it just depends on the individual. I think that what you mentioned about if you find that people are resistant to tracking, right? They're track. They don't want to track their calories. They may not want to plan their food. But then they want the scale to be the end all be all. And that's kind of that is a great coaching point. Because it's like, okay, you don't want to track your calories, right? You don't want to plan your meals out. But then we want to look at this numerical scale to say like whether or not we've been making progress. So I think that is a coachable moment right there of how you want to actually see the results. Because I feel like if you're the type of person who just kind of wants to not plan or have it be a little bit more relaxed, then you can't necessarily like look to the scale as much and so, like you were mentioning, using the uh, the calipers or like just your energy level. Make every once a week you can kind of rate yourself on a scale from one to ten of like your energy level, your stamina during your workouts, or your confidence level. You know, because it's kind of hard if you're not tracking to then want the scale to let us know whether or not we're making progress. And I think too, in terms of tracking, right? It's important, I think, just for a little while, like I don't even like tracking in my fitness pal like all of your life, right? Just doing it for like one or two weeks just to see like, okay, if I eat 1600 calories, this is how full I feel or this is how satisfied I feel, you know? And like getting used to checking in with yourself and seeing like, okay, if I ate this much and had this many snacks, this is about how like hungry, I should feel right after my meal, just so you can kind of get to know yourself a little bit better, which is this whole process is about getting to know yourself better. So you can create the result and then kind of thinking about, you know, why you don't want to, or where the resistance is coming in from about tracking or about not wanting to plan and thinking about what are you willing to change because something's got to give right? So something's got to give where if you want to keep doing the same things you've always done, you're going to get the same result that you've always gotten. So you have to, it doesn't have to look a certain way. I think people think, oh, if I plan, then it has to be like this big old long thing. And that's what they don't want any part of. That overwhelming, doing too much, that's what they don't want any part of. You being able to have some sort of predictability I think is probably helpful, but just in your mind being flexible, right? Understanding like this isn't set in stone. If you can be flexible with it, but have like, you know, a plan, but be flexible. I think people would buy into that more so than just being like, okay, no, I'm not going to plan at all. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I totally think that is like a hundred percent true because when you're in this weight loss journey, if you're wanting to lose weight from the wrong intentions, you will always realize that you are not open to change. You only want to stick to one certain way of doing things because that energy might be coming from the wrong way, right? Like you you hear me talk about this on Instagram story a lot. Of, if you hate your body and you're coming from the energy of hate to lose weight, then you're going to hate change. But if you're coming from the energy of like I'm open to making this happen in my own way, I'm open to learning, I'm open to trying new things, I'm open to just trying it out for a little bit and then stopping and not making that mean that I am a quitter. Then you're more open to trying out these solutions that you were probably resistant to at one point in your life that will literally like change your life. So, going back to what Steph is saying, like you don't have to plan for the rest of your life and you don't have to track calories for the rest of your life, but just you doing it for a day, a week or two, it makes such a big difference in who you are. And I want you to think about like the woman that has lost the weight, like your future version of yourself. Like, do she plan? And is she open to learning? And if she is, and if the answer is yes to that, then that means that that's the first step that you need to take in order to become her because she's not resistant to change like how you currently are if you feel like that right now.
1: Yes. And I think that sometimes there are a few clients that I've had that want to please me. And I'm like, this isn't for me. Or they're like, come to me, like it's confessional. Be like, oh, I ate this and that. And I'm like, why are you telling me you're sorry because you ate Oreos? Like you're not hurting my feelings, right? It's like, you have to anchor to your own why and find your own motivation. Again, in the first few weeks, we kind of talk about like their painful why and their pleasure why. So like- Your we're either running towards pleasure or running away from pain, yeah. Like any goal that we have, and so maybe your pleasure why is you know to feel competent in your skin, and maybe your painful why is you know you don't want diabetes. Thinking about those things and thinking about like which part of your why really elicits the most emotion. And that's where your power is. You wanna stay in that power and that's what you wanna think about when you're in the valley of decision. You wanna think about that. And we kind of uh, develop a mantra to where this is the sentence that you focus on that is linked and tied to your painful why or your emotional why, right? And this is the mantra that's gonna get you through that temporary craving or that temporary like situation. You focus on this and that will get you through and that mantra is really tied to not only your why but your your ceo self your future self and operating out of that more so than thinking about the convenience of you know going to get the fast food or whatever it's really it's a whole thought process like it's all in your mind
0: (laughs) i freaking love that idea too but it's like if you're resistant to all of these weight loss stuff and you're not open to change, then that means your why is not strong enough. That means that your why is only based off of physical look. Because at one point, once you reach your dream body, what else are you going to do? If you don't have the desire, like that strong anchor on the ground of making this a lifestyle, you can get your dream body, but you might stop doing everything to keep yourself healthy overall. So understanding that for you, is like so important. So I just really like everything we talked about today. I feel like it's so helpful, especially if you are starting out on your weight loss journey. But, Steph, what is one thing that you want to leave for the listeners?
1: would have to say start out small and continue to trust yourself. Make one very small action step that your brain is like, oh, I can do that. Do that consistently. And build up that trust within yourself because we all want to get to the consistency part, right? But we have to, number one, be honest with ourselves about our goals. Then we can trust ourselves. Then we can get to the consistency. And the, and the way you get to consistency is by setting a small goal and having your own back and doing what you said you were going to do and make it simple. One step
0: at a time. That's it. I like it. Oh my God. This is so good Steph. Where can they find you? I mostly hang out on Facebook, but I do have an
1: IG. You can reach me at fit culture for her on Instagram. I am at Stephanie Riles on Facebook, but I also have a weight loss plus mindset coaching group on Facebook. And I hang out a lot in there. I do Facebook lives and lots of trainings, lots of Q and and so you can find me uh, one of those two places.
0: Yeah, stuff is like the Facebook queen. I'm like, I'm always on Instagram. I have a Facebook page, but I don't really stay active on it as much as Instagram. But if you need like a Facebook support group, definitely join Steph's group. She does an amazing job with her trainees. And you can also find her on Facebook and and IG. I will list her links in the show notes below. So make sure to check that out after this podcast episode. So so thankful that you all tuned in today. I really hope this was helpful for you all. But until then, I will talk to you all next week. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode. Now, if you want to lose your first 10 to 20 pounds, eating what you like, no diets, no restriction, and build a consistent and confident lifestyle, my one-on-one coaching program is now open for enrollment. To apply, visit www.superlysamp.com, and from there, we'll book a call to see if you are a great fit. I'm so excited to serve you in this program. But until then, I'll talk to you next week.